0: Let us begin with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Speak to my soul, dear Jesus. Speak to my soul in tenderest tones. Whisper to me in loving kindness that I, Andrew Carl, am not left alone. God, it's another moment we want to speak about your holy word. I pray that you may speak to us. God, use me as a tool in your hands. And may you send us your spirit. And may your spirit talk to us and teach us on what we need to know from your word. My cry this morning is, come by here. Dear Lord, come by here. We need your power. We need your spirit. We need everything from you. May you be with us and speak to us in this moment, in this hour, for your glory. Now and forevermore for this, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Come by here, dear Lord, come by here. Come by here, dear Lord, come by here. Come by here, dear Lord, come by here. Oh Lord come someone's crying Lord, come by here, come by here, someone's cry Lord come by here someone's crying lord come by him oh lord come we need your power come by him we need your power come by him we need your power come by him him. Come by here, dear Lord. Come by here. Come by here, dear Lord. Come by here. Come by here, dear Lord. Come by here. Oh Lord, come by here. Come by here, dear Lord. Come by. Come by, dear Lord, come by him. Come by, dear Lord, come by him. Oh, Lord, come by him. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, it's another wonderful moment that we need to understand clearer. The efficacy of your love for us That we may not just take things for granted But we may understand that you mean what you say in your words And God, at this moment, my cry, my plea in this hour is you may come by here Lord, be with us Lord, speak to our hearts I know not what to say but you know what i shall say so may you put it in my tongue for this i pray in jesus name amen, amen. the book is second kings the chapter is 20. for a long time i have loved the book of the kings and the chronicles and uh, i've preached a series on the kings quite a number of times and uh, Today, I am going to review one of the kings, I really love his story. For those who saw the bulletin, I think the title placed over there was The Beauty of Forgetting. Now, I think most of us will not agree that there is something good in forgetting, but I hope by the end of this presentation, we may understand The Beauty of Forgetting. And that will not be my sermon title. My sermon title I'll give as we get to chapter 21 of 2 Kings. Now, Second Kings chapter 20 is the foundation because you need to understand something in 2 Kings chapter 20. Before I get to the exact thing I want us to learn. In the book of Second Kings chapter 20, reading from verses 1, the Bible says... In those days was Ezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah the son of Amos came unto him, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall, and prayed unto the Lord God, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord. Remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart. And I've done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept so. You all understand the story. You all know the story of how he pleaded with God and God gave him additional years. It is the additional years I want to focus on. So let us go to the point where God grants him his request. Verse 5 says, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord God of thy father David, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord. Verse 6 says, And I will add unto thy days fifteen Years. Now get this clearly, because the sermon focuses from that place. I will add unto thy days 15 years. And then Hezekiah asks, What shall be the sign that will make me know that God has added unto my days 15 years? The Bible says this. That is verses 9. And Isaiah said unto him, The sign thou shalt have of the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or backward 10 degrees? Now, for the shadow to move forwards or backwards, what you need to do is to move the sun behind by 10 degrees. That is for the layman. But for those who understand geography, you need to put... The earth, in reverse gear, you move the earth backwards so that the sun itself is seen to be moving backwards by 10 degrees. The Bible said, Ezekiah answered, it is a light thing for a shadow to go down 10 degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backwards 10 degrees. The Bible says, Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards. By which it had gone down the dial of Ahaz. Now, when you read those verses, they seem to be very light. And verses twelve says that at that time Berodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, the king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah when he had that Hezekiah had been sick. Now, what made the king of Babylon to send letters is because the Babylonians are sun worshippers. And being sun worshippers, when they see their God turned backwards by 10 degrees, they don't understand what happened. And so this was done by God as a symbol to Hezekiah that Hezekiah is going to be healed. So Hezekiah was given 15 additional years. Allow me to preach. This is profound. Verse 21, not verse 21, but yeah, verse 21 of chapter 20 says this. And Ezekiel slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his stead. My sermon title, because of Manasseh. The Bible says in verses 21. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 55 years in Jerusalem and his mother's name was Ephzeba Now Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign Let us do some calculations over here If you do 12 years behind you will understand that Manasseh began to reign at the age of 12 years, meaning if Ezekiah had died before the 15 additional years, I am not wrong to say Manasseh will not have been born. So Manasseh is a child born in the additional years. Manasseh is a child born during the time when God made the son to go backwards. So when you're reading about Manasseh, the story of Manasseh, and that is why I love the book of Genesis chapter 41, verses 51. The meaning of the name Manasseh. Let's speak it from the book of Genesis. It says that Joseph called the name of his firstborn son, Manasseh. For God, said he hath made me to forget all my toils and all my father's house. Now, the name Manasseh means forgetting. I need you to have this clearly. The name Ephiziba means desirable. I need you to have this clearly. Because the story of Manasseh is an interesting one. He happened to have been the longest serving king of Judah. Manasseh served for 55 years. The second longest was Uzziah who served for a paltry 52 years. But the father of Manasseh served for only 29 years. Manasseh began at the age of 12 and served until the time he was 67 years. Now listen to what the Bible says. Manasseh, I've told you, was a child born in extra time. The time, the additional time that God had given. And now listen to what the Bible says in verses 2. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. After the abomination of the heathen. Whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. Manasseh did that which was evil. But you know. When you read that verse. You will tell me. Andrew Carl, what is the difference between that verse and 2 Kings chapter 18 verses 4? Or 1 Kings chapter 16 verses 32? You will count for me several verses in the Kings where the Bible says that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. So let me read for you to understand the evil that he did. The Bible says, He built up again the high places which Hezekiah's father destroyed. And he reared up altars for Baal, and made a groove, as did Ab the king of Israel, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served them. The Bible says Manasseh did evil in the sight of the Lord, as though that was not enough, Manasseh worshipped all the hosts of heaven, and served them. But wait, what does the Bible say in Deuteronomy chapter 17, reading from verses 3? Listen to these solemn words. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 17, reading from verses 2, If there be found among you within thy gates, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, a man or a woman who has wrought wickedness in the sight of the Lord thy God, in transgressing his covenant, and has gone to worship, to serve other gods, and worship them, either the sun, the moon, or any host of the heavens which I have not commanded. And it be told thee, thou hast heard of it, and inquired diligently. Behold, if it be true, and the thing is certain that such an abomination is wrought in Israel, then you shall bring forth that man or woman. Who has committed that wicked thing upon thy gates. Even the man or woman shall be stoned with stones till they die. So what Manasseh did in worshipping the host of heavens. Point number one. Manasseh should be stoned with stones till he dies. But wait. Manasseh was your creative one. It doesn't stop at that point. The Bible says And he built altars, this is verses 4, chapter 21, 2 Kings. He built altars in the house of the Lord, of the which the Lord said, In Jerusalem, I will put my name. The Bible says this as you continue to read in verses 5. And he built two altars for all the hosts of heaven... In the two courts of the house of the Lord. In other words, Manasseh did not stop at doing all his idolatry outside. He came into the church with his idolatry. And then put altars for worshipping the son God in the church. Because of Manasseh. The Bible says in verses 6. Manasseh. He made his son to pass through the fire. He observed the times and used enchantments. He dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. He wrote much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke the Lord to anger. Now this is serious. You will understand this story of Manasseh as we proceed. The Bible says... He observed the times, caused the children to pass through fire. He used enchantments. He used familiar spirits. He went to wizards. He did more to provoke the Lord to anger. I say that was foundational. So let us do Deuteronomy chapter 18, reading from verses 10. In Deuteronomy 18, reading from verses 10, I want us to get something over there. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy chapter 18. This is God warning them. And he says in verses 9, When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. And he says in verses 10, There shall not be found among you he that maketh his son or daughter to pass through the fire. All that useth divination, an observer of the times, an enchanter, a witch, a charmer, a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard or a necromancer, for all that do these things are an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Manasseh was an abomination in the sight of the Lord. Manasseh did more to provoke the Lord. But let's look at it. For so we are still in the book of Second Kings chapter 21. Manasseh got a little bit more creative. Verse 7, it's as though the first seven close to ten verses of this chapter are dedicated to how Manasseh did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Bible says in verse 7, He set a graven image of the groove that he had made in the house of which the Lord God had said to David and Solomon his son, In this house in Jerusalem, which I have chosen of all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I make my, the feet of Israel move any more out of the land which I give to their fathers. Only that I will observe to do according all that I have commanded them, according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. And the Bible records something painful in verses 9. It says, but they hearkened not. In other words, God made several attempts to try and get these people to come to him. The Bible says, but they hearkened not. It's as though they did not pay attention to the call of God. And now the Bible says one thing which is really painful. Manasseh. Listen to me carefully. Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations which the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. The Bible doesn't say Manasseh forced them. I looked at it keenly. The Bible says Manasseh seduced them. In other words, Manasseh used creative ways to try and get them to provoke the Lord. It would be painful if God was to say in these last days, Diane Rocal seduced somebody to commit evil. It will be painful if God will say in these last days that Andrew O'Kar has decided to go and provoke the Lord more than all the other people. It will be painful to say that Andrew O'Kar has done worse than the wicked whom the Lord destroyed. I don't know about you, but I see Manasseh given birth to by a lady called Ephiziba, the desirable one, having a very wonderful name. And Manasseh decides to leave what he had been taught by the man. You know, I I normally say when I preach, I tend to stretch my imagination a little bit to think of something out of the box. But I look at it. When Ezekiel was about to die, Just before Ezekiah died, Manasseh was born. As Manasseh was growing up, everyone would always want to study about history a little bit. Manasseh must have known something about history. And Manasseh must have been told, you're a lucky child. Why? Your daddy at one point in time was supposed to die. And instead of your daddy dying, God pushed the son backwards. So that your daddy may have 15 more years. And you are born in the 15 more years. But the painful bit is that Manasseh decides to worship the son, which will stand backwards. This is a little bit painful. But let's look at it. It's when God is in a fix. The Bible says in verses 10 of 2 Kings chapter 21. I see God is in a fix. And God is almost asking, what shall I do? And hear what the Bible says. The Lord spake by his servants, the prophets. Saying these words. Because Manasseh, the king of Judah. And that's where I get my sermon title. Because of Manasseh. The Bible says, because... Manasseh the king of Judah has done this abomination and has done wickedly above all that the Amorites did which were before him and has made Judah also to sin with his idols. God is saying it is no other person the responsible person for this problem right now is Manasseh. And so God is saying because Manasseh has made Israel to sin. God is passing judgment. And God says these words in verses 12. Therefore, save the Lord God of Israel. Behold, I am going to bring such an evil upon Jerusalem. And he says, Baruch whosoever Jerusalem and Judah, That whosoever shall hear it, both of his ears shall tingle. You didn't get that right. The Bible says that whosoever will hear what God is going to do, both of his ears shall tingle. Let me tell you something. That phrase is only used twice in the Bible. The second time it is used, it's used by Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 19 verses 3. When he's talking about the broken vessel. And this, your tingling business, the Bible goes ahead to say in verses 13, I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab. And I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipeth dishes, wiping it and turning it upside down. God in the business of wiping dishes. The Bible says, what God will do, those who will hear it, their ears shall tingle. And what he will do, he will wipe Jerusalem. The Bible says in verses 14, and this is now God speaking to his remnant church. He says, I will forsake the remnant of mine inheritance. And deliver them into the hands of their enemies. And they shall become a prey and a spoil to all their enemies. God is saying, what my people have done, my chosen people, who are called by my name. What they have done will make me to forsake the remnant of my inheritance. Because of Manasseh. The Bible says, because they have done that which was evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came forth out of Egypt, even unto this day. (laughs) But you know, you may think Manasseh did a wrong thing by doing all this evil. And Manasseh in his common sense may have felt that he has gone too far. The Bible doesn't end at that point. It says, moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much. And when you read Patriarchs and Prophets, it says that it is Manasseh who was responsible for the killing of Isaiah, the prophet. And that is why when you read in the book of Isaiah... It counts that Isaiah, in the days when he was prophesying, he prophesied in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Ezekiah. Manasseh killed Isaiah. The book of Hebrews makes it so interesting that he was sown into two. This is Manasseh. As is living an evil life. But instead of just stopping with his evil life, he's even attacking those who are doing righteous. The Bible says this in verse 16, that he shed innocent blood very much, till he filled Jerusalem from one end to another, beside his sin where he made Judah To sin in doing that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Manasseh. And I say because of Manasseh. God is saying I am going to do something in this place because of Manasseh. Today, my appeal to all of us. I, the preacher, is included. May God not get to a point where God has seen us committing evil, sinning left, right, front, center, and God has been patient with us. But even divine forbearance has got a limit. And God comes to a point and says, I am going to do such a thing in Zimmerman because of Andrew. It will be painful. Because of Manasseh. I see Manasseh wasting his precious years in committing evil. And not only that. In fact, if you spend time looking at the book prophets and prophets, the chapter on Manasseh, it counts two kings. There is Manasseh and the grandson of Manasseh. Manasseh is referred to as the worst of the kings, whereas Josiah's grandson is referred to as the best of the kings. And in referring to Manasseh as the worst of the kings, it makes it clear that any person who spoke to Manasseh and tried to correct Manasseh, those ones fell as part of the innocent blood that Manasseh shed. As I look at the story of Manasseh, Second Kings chapter 21, when you go to verse 17, it ends the story prematurely. It says, now, the rest of the acts of Manasseh, and all that he did, and his sin, that is sin, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Now, when that question is asked, I jump to the book of Second Chronicles chapter 33 to understand what is written in the Chronicles of the kings of Judah. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, reading from verses 9, My sermon, because of Manasseh. That is my sermon title. The Bible says this of Manasseh in verses 9 of Second Chronicles chapter 3. Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the Eden whom the Lord had destroyed before the children. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and his people, but they would not hearken. In other words, they were not willing to hear. I hear something in the book of Zechariah speak to my soul this morning. In the book of Zechariah, turn to that place. And let me show you something that Zechariah says. This is found in Zechariah, it should be chapter 9. Zechariah speaks of these people, not Zechariah, sorry. Yes, yeah, Zechariah, chapter 7, sorry. It says this in Zechariah, chapter 7, reading from verses 11. But they refused to hearken. They pulled away their shoulders. They stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yeah, they made their hearts as adamant as a stone. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord God had sent by his spirit, in his spirit, by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lord. In other words, before God destroys, God has to do everything necessary to save. And that is why in the book of it should be Hosea chapter 13 verses 8. He asks, how shall I give thee up? And when God is asking, how shall I give thee up? God is simply saying, I am not in the business of destroying human beings. I came on planet earth to save them, not to destroy them. It's a very expensive mission. Can you think, if God wanted to destroy sinners, why would Jesus spend all the time to leave glory and come on planet earth to come and die on the cross only for people he wants to destroy? How? doesn't make sense. That's why in John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through Him might be saved. God is in the business of saving somebody. And today, God looks at Manasseh. And he speaks to us about Manasseh. I have tried everything with Manasseh. I have sent the prophets, but they are busy killing the prophets. And so he's saying, now that you've given up on me, what I am going to do with you, Whosoever shall hear it, his ears shall tingle. Now, the the word tingle is a complicated English word. I don't know. Do we have teachers of English in the congregation? Now, uh, you you go ask your Luo friends, okay? Your Luo friends will give you the exact interpretation that I want to put about this. Because I am about to speak in tongues And some of you may not just get it <laughs> Now, <laughs> well, when you read from the Lua translation, it says I'm not good at Lua <laughs> When you read from the Lua translation It says uh, Whatever I will do Those who will hear It gibro popni What does that mean? Now, popney even sounds English, isn't it? (laughs) It sounds like an English popping sound. But but I want you to get the right picture. That you will sing. these people, it's as though they shall be feeling some itchiness in their ears. And their ears, what God is going to do because of Manasseh. And the Bible now says in verses 11, now God is getting into action. God has been missing in action for a long time, and Manasseh thought that he was the one who is running the show. God comes in 2 Chronicles chapter thirty-three, verses eleven. The Bible says, "Wherefore the Lord brought upon them the captains of the host of the king of Syria, which took Manasseh among the fetters and bound among the thorns and bound him in fetters and carried him." To Babylon. Did you read that clearly? The Bible says that Manasseh, who had been so hard headed, God brought the king of Assyria, who took him among the thorns and then bound him in fetters and carried him all the way to Babylon. Let me explain it because when I was preparing for this, I had to make things clearer and simpler. Again, going into simpler English to explain this so that you have an illustration of what happened. You know, when you read it over there, that they took Manasseh in thorns and in fetters, you think that they might have picked some acacia twigs and come with acacia acacia twigs and maybe pulled him with that. No. Revised Standard Version makes it simple and makes it clear. And it uses the exact translation. And even on the margin, if you have... The King James, it makes it clear on this. The fetters, therefore, referred to, thereof referred to, are chains. He was bound in chains. And then when it talks about thorns, a hook was used. Now, I, I want you to understand. Manasseh had been taking God for granted. Now God says, wait, I want to use something that whosoever will hear what has been done to Manasseh. Their ears shall tingle. And when God came with the king of Assyria, God told the king of Assyria, Go and take Manasseh. And in my imagination, I see Manasseh bound in chains and being dragged by a hook all the way up to Babylon. And the Bible says these solemn words in verses 12. If, get me clearly, There's a reason I'm stressing the word if. If the story of Manasseh ended in 2 Chronicles chapter 33 and verses 11, I will not have used it in today's sermon. With the sermon title being The Beauty of Forgetting. But there is a second part that I want you to look at. And somebody told me one time that preacher Be always sure that every time you are preaching, don't leave people hopeless. (laughs) I've I've found we preachers nowadays have become, have have perfected the art of making people so hopeless. You preach a sermon to the point you are through, everyone feels like they have nowhere they are going to. (laughs) So, today, I am preaching about Manasseh, and I don't want you to leave this place hopeless. The story of Manasseh speaks to my heart. When the Bible says... In verses 12. And when he was in affliction. Listen to that clearly. When Manasseh was in affliction. He besought the Lord God. His God. And humbled himself greatly before the God of his father. Somebody say Amen. amen. But when he was in affliction. When Manasseh was in affliction. When things were so tough with Manasseh. You know, I, I, I don't know, but I, I see Manasseh. The king, having felt like he's above everything else. And, and you know the way at times people can decide to go against God, and then they feel like there's nothing God is doing? It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verses 11. It says, because sentence against an evil work, is not executed speedily. The hands of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. The moment God has given us probation, we have been doing something that is wrong. God is giving us probation, but we can't see it. Wait, a time will come. Somebody said, you will have to kneel at some point in time. And somebody said, you will have to pray and cry at some point in time. Better do the praying and crying right now. By the way, it's true. This is not just Andrew Carl's imagination. It's true. Some people will be crying to the rocks and the hills to fall on them and hide them from the face of Jesus Christ. The time to cry is right now. The Bible says Manasseh when he was in his affliction and so painful some of us will never remember God until when we get into affliction. And now between a rock and a hard place, as they say between the devil and the deep blue sea, you will have to cry to the Lord. Allow me to give you a pause. Yeah. To allow that to sink in. Years I've spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great, and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Then my body and soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last, my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the low ad span, till my guilty soul imploring turned to cover. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Then my body and soul found liberty at Calvary. And in my imagination, I can see Manasseh in Babylon counting all the wasted years, and as he's counting the wasted years, he's looking at them and saying, I did foolishly, I did foolishly, and the Bible says that he got to a point in time,
1: he had to humble
0: himself, and he humble himself and sought the Lord. The words of our hymn for this morning was very profound. Were very profound. As the songwriter said, I've wandered far away from home. Now Lord, I am coming home. I look at Manasseh once again. And I want us to have hope in this story of Manasseh. When things became tough, the Bible says, when he was in his affliction. Praise God for afflictions. Uh, how many of you have ever thanked God when things go bad for them? Okay, let, 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 let me make this uh, sermon a bit practical and now a bit simpler. Uh, how many of you, when things go bad, you say, Amen. <laughs> Allow me not to tread in that ground. But, oh, oh, okay, I, I, I love the youths. I love the youths. You, you, you know the youths are my friends. Uh, youths, let, let, let's, get, let, let's ask a very simple question. Uh, how many youths, were, when you've been dumped or you've broken up, you, you're busy over there saying, amen, God? <laughs> <laughs> you know, l- l- let me tell you something. Uh, From from the time I started working in Nyeri, I I went to that place. I never loved the place. And I'm striving hard to like it, but... But there's a phrase I developed over there that God is in control. So even if things don't seem to be wonderful, I get to the office and everyone is speaking in Kikuyu. And I'm floating, I'm not understanding everything. At the back of my mind, I say, God is in control. And today I want to tell you something. When God leaves you to go through tough times, you must learn to have that at the back of your mind, that God is in control. And when you know that God is in control, now you get a Manasseh complex. You go like Manasseh and say, Wait, now this moment of affliction... Is not an opportunity for me to complain. This is a time for me to humble myself and seek the Lord in prayer. The Bible says that Manasseh prayed unto God and he was entreated of him and heard his supplication. Somebody say, amen. amen. We serve a God who can hear from wherever. <laughs> when I was doing CRE, I was told of three things about God. That God is omnipotent meaning he's all powerful, is omniscient meaning is all knowing, and the other one was is omnipresent. Everywhere at any time. And let me tell us one thing. Because God is omnipresent. Manasseh was busy praying and God was already there listening. By the time Manasseh said amen the Bible says he heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Amen. And let me tell you something: God specializes in answering prayers, especially when we decide to go to him in sincerity. Now <laughs> I thank God I did CRE. When you we are doing CRE, another thing you we were taught. Was God answers prayers in three ways? He says, No, yes, wait. But let me tell you something. I have come to know one thing: when a sinner humbles himself to God, God does not tell the sinner, wait, and go consult with Jesus and the other people. No. God answers on the affirmative and he says, Angel Gabriel, help this person. And I see Manasseh. Manasseh has cried unto the Lord. And Manasseh, God has had him. And God sent some angels on a quick rescue mission. I don't know how it was done. But I hear the king of Syria say, I don't know what happened. I was told this prisoner must go free. He must go back to his kingdom. And I see Manasseh, the chains are being loosed. And Manasseh is left to go back to his kingdom. And let me tell you something. When God does marvelously in your life, Things will never be the same again. Things will never be the same again. And that is why the Bible now records these words of Manasseh. It says, then, listen to me. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Amen. And all these other things, all these other strange gods, no one can deliver like God. And let me tell you, I got something from this. Should be the book help in daily living. Let me give you some help in daily living as I seek to climax the song, the sermon, and close. Listen to what Sister White says. Hath been daily living. Page 10. Paragraph is 3. In the full light of day. In the hearing of the music of other voices. The caved bird will not sing the song. That his master seeks to teach him. He learns a snatch of this. A thrill of that. But never a separate and entire melody. But the master covers the cage and places it where the bird can listen to one song he is to sing. In the dark, he tries and tries again to sing that song until it is learned. He breaks forth in perfect melody. Then the bird is brought forth. And ever after, he can sing that song in the light. Thus God deals with his children. He has a song to teach us, and when we have learnt it amid the shadows of affliction, we can sing it ever hereafter. (laughs) Like the caged bird placed in the dark. God takes his children into the darkness of affliction and says, my son, I have a purpose that you should glorify my name. But you did all to glorify yourself and glorify the devil. Now I am going to put you in affliction. That is now Manasseh. And when he puts him in affliction, when he's covered alone in the dark, he can hear the distinctive voice of God. Today, I am speaking to somebody. I am speaking to a soul who looks at their life and you feel like things are not making sense. Well, they were not supposed to make sense without God. I wonder how you wanted it to make sense. But somebody feels like things are not making sense. And you know, I will say another thing. You may feel that you've gotten to levels. You say, "Uh, Brother Andrew, you don't understand. "Uh, True, I don't need to understand. What I understand is not what is important. What God understands is what matters. And so as you get to a point, you say... You you don't know how pathetically I have disappointed God. I've been trying over and over to do that which is right, and I'm not doing it. And you feel like you've disappointed God. Today, I ask you one question. Have you done half as much as Manasseh? whom God said, because of Manasseh, I will do something in Jerusalem. That whosoever hears it, both of their ears shall tingle. But wait! If God can forgive Manasseh, what about you and me? Today, I am talking to you about God who is in the business of forgiving and forgetting. The beauty of forgetfulness or the beauty of forgetting is when God forgets. And how does God forget? The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 50 verses 20 that when God does away with your sins people will go seeking for the sins and they shall not be found. In Jeremiah chapter 31 reading from verses 34 it says that I will no longer bring to remembrance your sins. God is in the business of forgetting And it says in Isaiah chapter 43 verses 25. I am going to forgive you. And when I forgive you, I will no more bring it into remembrance. God is in the business of forgiving. And it says in Isaiah chapter 38, the verse is 18, and I like this part. It says, but your sins and your transgressions are going to be thrown behind the back of God. God is saying, I am not going to remember your sins. When God is speaking about Manasseh, he did not like what Manasseh did. But when Manasseh humbled himself, God forgave him. The Bible says this of Manasseh, as I now seek to close. It says in verses 14, And now listen to what I call revival and reformation in its entirety. And why Manasseh is one of my characters whom I love. The Bible says, now after this, he built a wall without the city of David. And on the west side, entering, on the west side of Gion, into the valley, even into the entering of the fish gate. And compassed about Ophel and raised it a very great height and put captains of war All In all the first cities of Judah. Listen about Manasseh. The Bible says, And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord. And all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem. And cast them out of the city. Somebody say Amen. Amen. (laughs) Manasseh. I see Manasseh accepting God and he says faith without action is dead. And so he says, because I have believed in God and I have turned my ways, I can no longer have these strange idols over here. Some things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. That is now Manasseh's theme song. I see him sitting on the throne and he saying, Some things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Why? There is a great change since I have been born again. (laughs) And Manasseh, the Bible records in verse 16. Listen, you don't just leave the idol worship and do nothing. You see, the problem with most of us is we leave idol worship and then we stay doing nothing. The Bible says... When he left idol worship, he went into doing something which is good and he put away the strange gods. Verses 16 says, And he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed thereon peace offerings and thanks offerings and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. And then Manasseh said, Because God has forgiven me. I did more to seduce people against God. Now, I am beginning a reformatory work in Jerusalem. And when they're talking of church development, I'm seeing Manasseh over there. Talking about church development. And I'm seeing Manasseh. The Bible says that he commanded Judah to serve the Lord. Is that not evangelism? Manasseh was out to serve the Lord with all his soul, with all his strength, and with all his might when he had seen God. Having an experience with God changes you. The Bible says in verse 17, Nevertheless the people did sacrifice still in their high places. Yet, unto the Lord their God. Manasseh. God is in the business of saving mankind. That's why I am asking you today are you willing to trust in God if Manasseh by the way if you forget everything that I have preached today just remember this if Manasseh with all the sins Manasseh had committed to the point that I see God divinely trembling and saying that whatever Manasseh has done will make me do something in Israel that I will do and whosoever hears it, both of their ears shall tingle. He says, I am going to set the line of Samaria in Jerusalem. And the plummet of Ahab, I am going to set it. And it shall be as a man wipeth dishes and turneth them. God is saying, I am going to wipe Jerusalem because of Manasseh. But despite all that, when common sense rushed into Manasseh's head, the story of the prodigal son says, when he came to his senses, the story of Manasseh says that he humbled himself. That is coming to your senses. Let me tell you, I see God in the business of forgiving mankind. And I can now end the sermon with Psalms chapter 103. There is that song they call, To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So love ye the world that he gave his son. But today, allow me to use Psalm 103 to close the sermon. And in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? And He asks, Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life? From destruction And crowneth thee with loving kindness And tender mercies Who does all these things For us and to us God And as you read he says Who satisfied thy mouth with good things So that thy youth is renewed Like that of our eagles The Lord executes judgment and righteousness For all that are oppressed He made known His ways unto Moses And his acts unto the children Of Israel Brothers and sisters, let's now close with these closing verses. And this one makes it even better. It says, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. When Manasseh began by serving the hosts of the heavens, God was still slow to anger. When Manasseh decided to make his children pass through the fire, God was still plenteous in mercy. And the Bible says, he will not chide always. Neither will he keep his anger forever. And he did not keep his anger with Manasseh forever. The Bible says, he hath not dealt with us. Inclusive of Andrew Carl. He has not dealt, I think today I need to put the word me over there. Allow me to make a Bible revision. In quotes. He has not dealt with me. Nor rewarded me. According to my iniquities. The Bible says God has not dealt with us after our sins. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. And the Bible says, "For as high is the heavens above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear Him, and as far as the east is from the west, so far He has removed our transgression from us, like as the Father pitieth his son, his children. So the Lord pitieth them that are him that fear Him. For he knoweth our frame thank God. He remembered that we are dust. Today, because of Manasseh, I repeat those words. God knoweth our frames. God remembers that we are dust. And God is calling you today that you may come to him. I see Manasseh in affliction, God called him. And today God is calling someone. God is talking to somebody and saying, Come home, my son. Come home. Many years you've wandered away from the Lord. Come home. The 21st century Manasseh's, Come home. God is calling someone. And I want to close by asking that may God bless you. May God impress your souls to give your lives fully to Him. Remembering the beauty of forgetting, as I said, is in how God forgets our sins and remembers them no more. The rain is a sign that I should end the sermon with a song 296. I've wandered far away from Lord. Now I'm coming home the paths of sin too long after lord lord i'm coming home coming home coming home nevermore Coming home, I've wasted many. Chorus, assist me. Lord, I'm coming home. I now repent with bitter. Lord, Lord, I'm coming home coming home coming home never more to home open oh, wide thine arms of love Lord I'm coming home I'm coming t- God is saying, there must be somebody who will say, I am tired of sin, I am tired of straying Lord. Now I am coming home. Somebody will say, I am going to trust in thy love, O God. I am going to believe thy holy word. Lord, I am coming home. God is saying, I am waiting for somebody to say that. Somebody to tell God that he's coming home. And trust me, as I have told you, that God is more willing to accept you than you're willing to believe in him. Try him this day. Thine arms of love. Lord, I'm coming. Oh, my own. Oh. Can you see your only hope? Your only plea to God. Come home. Our hope in the crucified, dead, and risen Savior. Jesus died and he died for me. Lord, I'm coming home. Coming. Home, coming, Home. Never more to roll. Open wide Lord. Lord, Lord, I'm coming Home. I need. Let's rise up as we sing the last one. Somebody needs the cleansing blood of Jesus. I wish you knew that. Oh, oh, wash me in our heads. I want to pray with somebody. Is there somebody no. who are, with their hearts they are saying, Lord I've wandered far away from you. This is a specific appeal. I want to come home today. The beauty of the story of Manasseh has made me know that God you can forgive me of all my sins. No matter how great they are. Is there somebody of that sort, somebody who feels a burden in their hearts to just make a decision for God? This is a very specific appeal. Somebody such a burden. Put up your hand. I want to pray with you. You're saying, I've wandered far away from God. Now I am coming home. It's very specific. Please, if you don't mean it, or if you are doubting, just put down your hands but a mean it, somebody is saying my only plea my only hope is jesus i have looked at my life and i am a miniature manasseh but today i want to take god at his word and come for the forgiveness of the lord someone who just saw so just put up your hand i want to pray with you let us pray most gracious and ever living master who art in heaven Thank you very much because you are God. Thank you very much because you are a sin, pardoning God. Thank you very much because you are our Redeemer. Before your presence in this hour, your children have put up their hands and saying, I have wandered far away from God. Lord, I want to come home. And God, if you can give Manasseh a second chance, give me a second chance. Today, I stretch my hand as Andrew, and I ask God, give me a second chance. And at this moment, I join with my brothers and sisters who have put their hands up. They're saying, their only hope, their only plea is in you, dear Lord. And today they are asking for forgiveness for sins and iniquities they have committed knowingly and unknowingly. God, I pray for all of us in a special way. Having spoken to us on this Holy Sabbath, may you help us to live godly, righteously, and soberly in this present world. For this is my humble prayer, believing and trusting in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us sing the song. Lord, I'm coming home once more as we resume our seat. I've wandered far away from God. Lord, oh, I'm coming home.